Hello, and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host, and I am very excited to be joined once again by my co-host and partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express. He is the Chris Brown to my Chris Evans. Phil Vondra, welcome back to The Pain Cave. It's good to be back, and I think this is our first one of the year, isn't it? It is your first one of the year. I had uh, Tyler on, or uh, Taggart on, Taggart Van Etten on, um, the, right, yep. the recent 100-mile winner at Tunnel Hill. Who uh, that, yeah. that was? He's an interesting guy with uh, putting in those you know 175 to 200 mile weeks. So if you haven't heard yeah. that one, go back and wow. listen. Phil, Short really, week, right? really excited tonight. We have one of our, uh, I would say a pain cave favorite. Somebody we love talking about when we do our this month in ultra running episodes, and uh, a real treat for us tonight to have on one of the great trail ultra runners in the country, and, and I would have to say at this point in the world. She's a three-time top 10 finisher at Western States, including a runner-up finish in 2018. She has uh, wins and podiums all over the world, most recently a uh, stunning and really very, very impressive win at Trans Grand Canary in 2020. She also, this past summer, set the FKT on the iconic Wonderland Trail. We are very excited to welcome North Face athlete Caitlin Gerben to the Pain Cave. Caitlin, welcome. Thanks so much. Oh, you're making me blush with that intro, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's awesome to be be on here chatting with you guys. We're really psyched to have you on. I, I, I'm not lying when I say that you're one of our perennial favorites to talk about when we uh, we do our monthly or semi monthly recaps of of what's going on. It's uh, Somehow you managed to fly underneath the radar a little bit somehow, even despite putting up world-class results almost every time out. And, you know, we're really excited to have you in for this episode tonight. And I'll explain what we're going to do in just a second. But before I do that, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Since Caitlin, I know, is still in the middle of her day, but it's time for us to crack something open on the East Coast. Well, I'm, uh, I've got a cooked dinner for the kids and I'm a swim taxi for the kids. So tonight, and it's a Monday night as well, I'm drinking a Topo Chico mineral water from Monterey, Mexico. Uh, it's extremely refreshing uh, and really nice. Okay. So I, I alcohol don't, free for me tonight. I don't think I can put that in the show notes. Come on. <laughs> you mean my healthy, my one my one night a week of not drinking? Come on. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, when we record on Wednesday, oh, I, I expect you to come with a little bit something more than mineral water. I am going to open... I'll bring a little bit more on Wednesday. I'm going to open a uh, six-point sweet action just to... So at least so somebody can crack something open here. All right. Do it. Okay. That's good audio. Cheers. Cheers. Caitlin, I won't. Mm, yummy. I won't ask you uh, what you're drinking at 2 p.m. on on the West Coast. So, yeah. Ho hopefully, it's <laughs> something along the lines of of uh, mineral water or something like that. Something be, very conducive to my work day. Yeah. Could be a martini. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caitlin, real quick before we get into the meat of the episode, um, how's it going? How's how's your early 2021 been? You alluded to a very long run that you have done this weekend. It sounds like your training's in full swing. What's uh What's on the horizon? How's training been going and everything else? Yeah, um, you think yeah, things are good. I, I'm based in Seattle area. I live in Issaquah, so just about 30 minutes outside of Seattle in the Northwest. Um, and we've had a really, really wet and stormy start to the year, mm -hmm. but uh, there was a little bit of a break, so we had some really nice weather. So yeah, this last weekend I went out to take advantage, kind of in between storms, and ran kind of an iconic 50k route just linking up a lot of the peaks kind of in the local area that was that was really fun so i'm looking forward to kind of getting back to a little bit more structured and regular training after taking some good time off this fall which i always do 
Um, and at this point, still not entirely sure what 2021 holds, but I'm staying flexible and just kind of working on my base building and staying healthy. Nice, nice. I assume Western States is on the calendar. Should it come off? Um, I actually am not registered for Western States. Ooh. So, um, yeah, basically after I had run it three times, I decided that I was going to take a, a year off from States and focus on UTMB. Um, but nice. then obviously everything's gotten canceled and now I'm kind of kicking myself for not keeping my name in the <laughs> registration list because who knows about uh, international travel this year. So. Right, right. Well, hopefully by summer we'll be getting into, I'm hoping, some sense of normalcy and, and be back, uh, you know, the, the start list or the, the potential start list for UTMB and, and the races out there is is unprecedented. So I'm, I'm hoping that comes together as a, as a fan. That would be amazing. So... Hopefully that is the case. How are things there in terms of pandemic-related stuff? Uh, how, how's life going in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I mean, we we've had our series of you know shutdowns and stuff um, here in Seattle area, but I'd say you know things things haven't changed so much for me in the last few months. We've been staying close to home. Um, a lot of working. I mean, I'm working at home right now. I have been for essentially the last year, so have finally kind of gotten into a routine and I'm starting to revive some house projects that got put on hold once the weather got nicer now that it's winter. So yeah, just finding ways to stay occupied while, while staying close to home. Awesome. Awesome. So what we're going to do tonight, Caitlin, is what we call a 20 questions episode. And we like to do 20 questions when we have somebody of your stature on. And uh, the reason for that is because I think you know the the people who have who who make up our audience, such as as it is, are probably pretty familiar with you and a lot of your exploits. And when we have somebody who's really accomplished on who you know in the ultra world has probably done fifty different podcasts or a hundred different podcasts, because that's probably how many there are at least. Uh, I think you've, you've you've rehashed you know the races before. You've rehashed the FKTs, and I think we've heard a lot of the same stories. So we like to do kind of a twenty questions thing, a little bit rapid fire. You can go as as long or as short as you like with any of these answers. But you know it's a mix of kind of some standard stuff and maybe some non standard questions that. Uh, maybe you haven't heard before, just to keep things a little bit interesting. So uh, how does that sound? Sounds good. I'll try to stay on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, Phil, as usual, you will have question number one. Take us away. All right. Uh, I'm going to get straight in there with uh, with a, a, a good one. Uh, what is your bucket list race? Um my bucket list race is still UTMB. It's been right. on my to-do list for a few years, but for various reasons, I've never actually made it over there to race yet. So fingers crossed that I can get out there finally this year. Let's hope it happens. That'd be amazing to see you there as well. I think that'd be pretty incredible. No volcanoes, but I think you'll do incredibly well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, a, it's. I mean, following your career from afar, it, it seems like that's a race that would match your skill set very, very well. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I've always thought. Um, I, you alluded to me running Western States a few years in a row, and I feel like Western States doubled up with UTMB had always been kind of a tricky thing for me to navigate. Right. And so, you know, I was excited to focus a little bit more on mountain and technical running, which is what I, you know, think my strong suit is, but also really what I enjoy doing. Have Have you, just as an aside, have you been on the trails around Mont Blanc at all? Not really. No, I've spent a little bit time on a little bit of time on the trails near Annecy, so kind okay. of in that area. But yeah, I, I still haven't been out there. So the goal would be to get out there and spend some time training out there 
before the race happens this summer if everything goes well with that. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, this is maybe something we should have asked Debo when we had him on recently, Phil, is just how those trails kind of match up with the trails over at TGC. Because yeah, I, I think I'm there's probably sure, some, actually. yeah. I'm sure there's some sort of crossover, but um, I, I don't know exactly what they're like in, in comparison. My guess would be they're a bit less technical. I feel like the that's, trails that's what I would. There, it's, it's volcanic. I mean, it's extremely like rugged, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. I have been there actually once years ago, probably 25 years ago. And I do remember it being a bit of a moonscape in, in some parts, like forest in some parts, but like really like ragged, you know, rugged uh, in a lot of places. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. And in running with with Debo a little bit on the Wonderland Trail, mm -hmm. um, he was drawing a lot of parallels to that trail along with UTMB. I think there's right. sections of Wonderland Trail that are definitely more technical, but in terms of kind of vertical gain and descent per mile, the stats are pretty similar. Right. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Uh, all right. Question number two: What's the toughest race you've ever run? Toughest race I've ever run would be Madeira. Madeira Island Ultra Trail. Um, I ran that, I believe it was two years ago on my 30th birthday. Um, my husband and I went over there to run it kind of as a, you know, an experience fun, fun run. But I mean, I was racing, but it wasn't really a, a goal race for me. And that race just has so much relentless climbing and descending. Yeah. Um, and especially early season, it's in April. Um, and so it gets tricky to train for that kind of thing in the winter, but yeah, really beautiful race, probably one of the coolest places I've ever run, but very challenging. Yeah. 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 That, it does look amazing there. All right. It's me. I think you're up. Um, do you have a coach? I have no coach. Um, fun fact, I've never had a running coach ever in my life because I didn't run in middle school, high school, college, um, the closest I came to it was I took a class in college where there's a professor that kind of taught us some of the foundations of training blocks and things like that. Um, right. But yeah, no, I don't have a coach. You cool. took a, a, a training course in college? I did. Yeah, that's um, that was like a, a trick into my uh, introduction to distance running. Um, it was a two credit class that I had a friend of a friend who took it and said it was fun and a good way to fill their schedule. Um, but lo and behold, you had to run a marathon to complete the class. <laughs> so it took me, uh, I think it was two full years to actually run the marathon. I had to audit the class right before the end of my senior year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it got me, um, got me doing something that was, you know, had been a bucket list idea, but something I didn't think I would ever try to do in college, especially since I was pretty new to running. Were, did you play any sports growing up? Yeah, um, I played I played kind of your standard team sports, mm -hmm. but then my passion really was snowboarding. And so I spent a lot of nights at the local ski hill um, teaching snowboarding lessons and then just ripping up the park with my friend. I grew up in the Midwest, so there's not really much for mountains. So right, terrain right. parks are really the only thing you can do to keep yourself occupied. Um, and yes, I do still get out on the snow a lot, although I've been... Um, navigating an identity crisis as a snowboarder versus learning to ski. Right. <laughs> tr tricky, tr tricky topic for me. So I, I, I mean, I love skiing and I can't do the snowboarding uh, motion or, or position. It's just my, my, my sense of balance just doesn't work that way. It's like skateboarding, wakeboarding, anything. I can't do that in, in with my 
gravity going in one way or the other. I, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's tricky, and especially in backcountry terrain and on more alpine routes. Um, sometimes having a heavy pack and facing sideways can be a little bit tricky, which is part of the reason why I'm, I'm trying skiing. But it's also just fun to be humbled and try a new sport that I'm not very good at and kind of see if I can make my way through it with progress steps here and there. That's awesome. So I guess this started with this question started. So you don't have a coach, you're self-coached. How, how did, I'm not to, not to expand too much on what is supposed to be a rapid fire question and answer uh, session, but um, you know, as somebody who didn't grow up running and, and now self-coached, how did you, I mean, was it just a lot of trial and error? How did that, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, I think trial and error is a good way to put it, but I also found running really as a way, you know, in college it started with just, just keeping up with some fitness and really kind of exploring a new city that I was living in. Um, and then when I moved out to the Northwest for grad school, running was always kind of like, it was a form of commuting for me. I would run back and forth to my lab. Um, I, I hated waiting for the bus and you know, <laughs> it was just faster for me to run home. <laughs> and then I also saw it kind of as an escape from a lot of the stress that I was going through in grad school. And so I just kind of started fitting it in here and there. And I think through that process, it learned, I, I learned a lot about listening to my body um, and and just being really in tune with that. Um, I was often really strapped for time. And so I, I think I just by default kind of learned that you can really only do as much as you can with the time that you have available. And so in terms of like navigating stress and training and how to, to fit that all in, I think it was just a really natural, slow progression for me over a few years. Um, and then, yeah, now, now I'm at the point where, you know, I have a pretty good idea of what I want to accomplish in each training block. Um, and, I think have that kind of intuition to be able to listen to my body for when I need to turn it up or turn it back down a little bit. Nice. So I'm going to piggyback a little bit with a, a training question and Phil, I'm going to call an audible here. I'm going to eliminate a uh, favorite race. Cause we already talked about a couple of races and I'm going to say, um, speed work or Hills. What's your preference? Uh, I think Hills are speed work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. Um, mostly. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of, of hill and mountain running just with by the nature of the trails that I run on. I'm almost never on flat trails. So if I am trying to get fast speed work, I have to specifically like go to a spot with that in mind because there's just not a lot of flat places to run here. Right. Right. All right. Question number five, Phil. All right. Um, what is your go-to aid station food? Watermelon. Especially oh, if it's cold. that's a really good answer. Yeah. Yep. I love watermelon as well. Do you ever put salt on your watermelon? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, <laughs> kind of the idea of that kind of weirds me out. But yeah, I, it's actually I pretty nice. Yeah, I. <laughs> it is just, a bit weird though. The the refreshing, cold, crisp flavor yeah. of watermelon is just like the old, I'm always craving that. So I'll often I always have that as like if I have crew, I'll always have them have some of that with them, and I'll yeah. usually you know you can see me leaving an aid station with like handfuls of watermelon. Yeah. Yeah. When I did uh, Brazos Bend um, in 2019, they give you like a bag of watermelon to leave the aid station with. It was awesome. I was like, this is the best race ever. Yeah. I love <laughs> yeah, watermelon. That's, so that's a great answer. We did a, cool. we did an episode where we, we drafted pieces of an aid station, you know, like different things that you would pick up and that sort of thing. And I think Phil incorporated watermelon in three different categories, four different categories. 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> okay, question six is me. Uh, Caitlin, what's the best book you've ever read? The best book I've ever read. Ooh, that's like a, puts a lot of pressure on. Um, uh, I'm going to hesitate to say this is the best book I've ever read, but the first thing that comes to mind, one of my favorite books, is this book called Shantaram. Um, it's, oh, who is it? Gregory, um, okay, I don't, I don't remember the, okay. the name of the author, but Shantaram, um, really fascinating book set in India. Um, follows around an ex-convict as he's kind of navigating his his way through the culture and, and relationships and stuff there. Oh, wow. Fiction, yeah, nonfiction? Yeah, book. Uh, it's, I think it's based on, I think it is loosely based on a, a true story. Right. But the, I, this is a book I read probably 10 years ago. So Okay, awesome. Need a refresher. Cool. Go for it. All right, uh, it's me. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? <laughs> Uh, if if I didn't answer this truthfully, um, my husband would never let me live it down. So my favorite movie is Twister. Oh, that's a great oh, movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I love that's that movie. It's like the only movie that I will just watch over and over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. That's a great one. That's awesome. Um, what is your worst DNF or epic race failure? Hmm. So I've never DNF'd at a race before. I was afraid of that. Um, and I've had a lot of things go wrong in races before, mm -hmm. but it's hard to say that any of them have been what I would call like a massive failure. Okay. Um, I I guess maybe I could say my, my first ever trail and, and 50K race that I did um, was an out and back where the first half I was just like cruising along, meeting new friends, having a ton of fun, like just really soaking up the trail running culture environment. Mm -hmm. And then the second half, my stomach just went totally berserk and I ended up kind of hobbling my way back for the last 15 miles um, and finished that basically thinking, okay, that, that was fun, but I'm not doing this ever again. Um, <laughs> And so maybe that was it, that's the longest time between like that race and another trail race. That's like the only super long, you know, it was probably like eight months in between my next race because oh, wow. I just convinced myself I wasn't going to be, I wasn't cut out for yeah. trail racing. You needed to forget that one for sure. Yes. Cool. Go ahead, Phil. All right. Um, if you could go for a run with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh. Um, who would I want to run with? And they don't have to be a runner. Oh, could be anyone. Um, I'd like to go and run with uh, Kim or Killian and Emily. Nice. Oh yeah, that and cool. yeah, like I mean, obviously they're they're awesome, but I just I think it's fascinating, like kind of watching how they're sharing their their life and how things have changed with the kid. And I yeah. think it would be fun to yeah. check out some of those trails and, and get a chance to learn from them. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what she has to say about those videos that he posts, him running along these knife edges, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, it's like 300 feet on that side and 400 on that side. And there he is jumping from rock to rock in the snow with an ice axe and his running shoes. Maybe we could chat about that with her. Everyone's got a different, everyone's got a different context for risk tolerance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. All um, right. Caitlin, what motivates you when things start to suck? Um, when things start to suck, I always remind myself that things always get better. Um, and that has been true 
pretty much every time except for maybe a handful of times when it doesn't <laughs> actually get better. But then it ends and then it is better. So I guess yeah. it always gets better. Never always gets worse, right? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but you never tell yourself that. Um, what is your favorite beer? Favorite beer? Um, I've So I used to be a pretty frequent beer drinker but in recent years i've switched more to wine okay um, but when i do go when i do grab beer i love like a good old barrel aged winter ale oh nice. Ooh, yeah. nice yeah i like those as well it's kind of like a dessert in a glass mm -hmm. yeah yeah something a something well. a little bit a little bit too strong to have more than one of but <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, they come in at about sort of 12 percent right and they're yep. really tasty yep i i know those beers uh, do you cross train? Uh, yeah, I do. I do cross train, I guess, in the sense I do a lot of things other than just running. Mm -hmm. um, and so we talked a little bit about like backcountry skiing and snowboarding. Um, I've been doing a little bit of biking. I also love just doing a lot of alpine stuff. So kind of mixed travel mountaineering. So in the summers um, in spring here, that's I do a lot of that. So it's a lot of time on feet, but not necessarily running. Right. Do you, do you splitboard as a snowboarder? You do that at all? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. Looks really cool. So uh, yeah, yeah. I've been. Um, I started splitboarding probably. Well, actually, probably almost seven years ago now. Maybe a little longer. Um, but in the last two seasons, I've just been on skis. Right. Awesome. Yeah. That that looks like a lot of fun. Um, so, how do you taper when you're just coming into a race? What's your taper strategy? Yeah, taper um, is always. A, something I look forward to um, because usually, you know, as you're ramping up mileage and distance and everything, it just, there tends to be a lot of other life things that can't fit in there. Um, and so work and family and friends and, and kind of relaxation and all that stuff. So tapers um, will be anywhere from two to three weeks usually for me, if it's a big race and yeah. most of the races I do or big efforts are close to hundred mile distance. So if it was something shorter, I might make a shorter taper. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, totally turn training off, but I just kind of turn the dial back. So I'll reduce my intensity and um, mileage and everything a little bit leading up to the big race. Are you still doing okay. any intensity or, or like focused workouts during that time? I'll do a little bit. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot more of like fine tuning than mm -hmm. it is actually added stress. Right. So right. sometimes like short little pickups, mm -hmm. I think can really boost your confidence, especially because it's so common to feel really sluggish um or nervous or you get these kind of fake pains about like oh my knee hurts now and you're like right. why is it hurting and like okay actually it's just in your head right <laughs> so everything's so fine <laughs> doing stuff to stay sharp basically yep awesome um along those lines what's the worst injury you've ever had if any um yeah i've had actually a lot of injuries not a ton from running but they've always affected my running um i tore my cl um back when I was, that was actually in high school, but I, you know, it was, I still, I think I'm dealing with effects of, you know, maybe not being super dedicated with PT when I was a teenager um, and having imbalances on those sides. So that's something I'm still kind of working through. Um, I had another serious, that was from snowboarding. I had another snowboarding injury, a Liz Franck injury, which is a pretty serious like metatarsal injury. Yeah, that's, that's that was a tough when one. I was, 
that was when I was in college. So that took me out of running for a year. That's actually one of the reasons why that running class I took, it took me like two years to finally pass that class because I was you, out of running for a year. Did you need surgery for that? No, I didn't. Oh, wow. Um, That's lucky. I, I, yeah, I didn't. Although, you know, I always kind of wonder if sometimes both with my ACL tear and with that injury, if I was more the competitive athlete, if maybe um, my recovery plan or treatment plan would be a little bit different because I was, you know, just kind of bumming around snowboarding, right. <laughs> jogging around, but not really competing in anything. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think probably my own um, efforts and focus in recovery and PT were not as good as they would be if I had those same injuries now. Right. Right. All right. Cool. Phil, you're up. All right. Um, if you could compete in any non-running sport at the Olympics, what would it be? Uh, snowboarding, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that looks cool. i got to say that that does look pretty wild, that snowboarding stuff. Would you be like a um, like a half-pipe terrain park or would you do that snowboard X, you know, uh, four, four on four racing or whatever that is? Yeah, no, I'd rather I probably would rather do freestyle yeah. stuff. Um, I never really got a chance to do much half-pipe riding um because the local ski hill that i was at most of the time didn't have one and then by the time i moved out to the northwest when i was like riding in the mountains i kind of moved away from terrain park stuff because i finally had you know you have access to all this mountain terrain um so that was really fun but yeah anything with jumps and freestyle i think was still like my dream to go do that that's great do you play a musical instrument and if not what instrument do you wish you could play I pretend I can play the guitar. Me I too. used to, I, yeah, <laughs> I used to play, but now it's just actually like it's behind me in the room. We keep it there as a reminder that like we once used to play, but I don't really remember very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I have like three or four guitars that are collecting dust, but uh, yeah, once in a while, once in a while. Yep. All right, we're almost there. Only four to go. You're doing great, Phil. You're up. All right. Um, which celebrity do you wish would follow you on Instagram? Which celebrity? Um, you know, I feel like um, I just oh, embarrass myself, but just um, pretty much all of the North Face athlete team. Um, you know, all of the climbers and skiers and snowboarders. I mean, and the runners too. But I, I happen to know most of the runners now. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm still starstruck every time uh, I get in a call or conversation with any of them. So. That's that's awesome. I think we're fall we're all, most most of the team follows each other, but I think anytime yeah. I I notice something like that, I still get really excited and, and think like, oh wow, we're on the same team now. Yeah, they are some good athletes. Caitlin, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses? Ooh, <laughs> let's go with the ten duck-sized horses. What's your reasoning? I'm. You know, my mind honestly went to like Jurassic Park <laughs> and thinking about like those 10 little like, you know, if you had 10 of those little like aggressive bird dinosaurs, uh -huh. those are actually probably more ferocious. But I feel like at least I'm more equipped to handle that than like a giant creature. Yeah, I just think I'd be terrified by a duck the size of a horse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's just... yeah. That's a horrible question. A whole size duck. I mean, I, I see that at night when I go to bed in my, in my bad dreams. All right, right number 19, um, If you had to do a race in a costume, what would it be? I would do a costume of, you know, those um, wacky inflatable flailing arm tube men? 
uh-huh. that like are, are up on gas stations or like yeah. car dealerships and stuff. Yeah, I'd race yeah. in one of those. <laughs> nice. That'd be great. We have a we. My husband and I made uh, costumes for those that we'll bring to races or aid stations sometimes. Um, and my favorite thing to do is like hide behind some trees and then like pop out and like kind of wave around at the end of a hundred miler. People get so excited, so I feel like it would just bring so much joy. That's <laughs> that would awesome. Be fun to do. It's a lot of not win- very fast. A lot of winter resistance. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. a lot of drag on that. Yeah. That's that's going to be tough. All right, last question. If you could be a cartoon character, who would it be? Um, I don't watch a lot of cartoons. I don't know. Um, yeah, we may have to get rid of this one. I don't know if people watch enough cartoons, yeah. Phil. Who would be a cartoon character? The, old cartoon, the only cartoons that are coming to my mind right now are The Simpsons, because we, you, you mentioned yeah, it at the start sure. of the show, or, or Arthur, which is like what I used to watch when I was a kid. Right. I don't know if any of those characters are really people I want to be. <laughs> Well, you do have a doctorate, so maybe we'll say you can be uh, Professor Frank on The Simpsons. How's that? Sure. All right. Yeah. Very good. I got to say, Phil, you know, uh, Pat Regan had his answer all lined up and I think is the only person who watches enough cartoons to really have an answer. But he had that answer right out of the gate. Like, he didn't even have to oh, think about it. What's, what was his answer? Uh, now, Oh, it was Rick from Rick and Morty. Okay. Yeah, like, boom. He didn't even have to think about it. Like, he, he had been waiting his entire <laughs> life for somebody to ask him that question, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to put that one on the back burner. All right, we'll, we'll swap that one out <laughs> down the road. Caitlin, thanks so much for doing this. This was super fun. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is awesome. I can I safely say that most of these questions have never been asked before. And that's All the right, goal. Cool. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Good luck uh, this coming season. I hope uh, I hope your raising plans come together. I hope UTMB comes off and, and you get to mix it up out there with what sounds like it's just going to be an amazing field of runners. Yeah, me too. That'd be super exciting. Awesome. Fingers crossed. All right. Thanks, everybody out there so. for listening. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky and the bus feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there I was still young I was still young and I was still